I want you to turn, if you have your Bibles or Testaments, to Acts, the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 22. Maybe someone would close over that door a wee bit. Acts chapter 22, and how I was blessed through Alan's testimony. And if that's the bottom of the barrel, I don't know what it must be like at the top. It must be very sweet at the top, Alan. Thank you very much, and uh, the Lord is good. So we're at Acts chapter 22, and the message that the Lord has laid upon my heart tonight is for two kinds of people in this meeting, listening and watching wherever you may be. The message, first of all, and primarily of all, is to the unsaved. Those of you here tonight or listening or watching tonight who are still in your sins. Or as Paul the Apostle says, without God and without hope and without Christ in this world. The second type of person that we're going to talk about tonight, uh, just very briefly before we preach the gospel, is those who are saved and those who have hope and have God and have Christ in their life and in this world, but they're not baptized in obedience to the command of the Lord. And I think there's some of you here tonight and you're saved quite a while, but you have never went that step that you should have went long ago and obeyed the Lord in the waters of baptism. And so we're reading on the, sixth, uh, on the 16th verse of this 22nd chapter of Acts. Verse 16, that's our text tonight. And now, even after that testimony tonight, we can say, underline that, and now, why tarriest thou? Arise and be baptized and wash away thy sins, calling on the name of the Lord. And the Lord will bless this short reading of his word. If you were to say to me tonight an answer to the question, why tarry you? Why tarry you, mother, father, young person tonight, that you're not baptized in, command, in the command that the Lord has given to you as a Christian. Now, if you were to say to me tonight, I am not baptized because I can't understand it. Well, I can't honestly buy that tonight. Because if you can understand how to be saved, you can understand what baptism, what baptism means. On the day of Pentecost, there were 3,000 souls saved. Most of them could not read nor write, but every one of them were baptized. The Ethiopian eunuch who was coming through the desert and Philip went to him on the chariot, he couldn't read. Philip had to read to him the text that he was saved through in Isaiah. And he, the eunuch, said, here is water. What hinders me to be baptized? I'm sorry, I can't buy that. 
And then there are other people that say, I'm not baptized because I have a fear of water. And honestly, I can't buy that either. And I know that there's people have a fear of water. But uh, we buried a lady on Tuesday, Molly Mullen, Doris's mother, and she was baptized, oh, she was 93, she was baptized over in the way across the road one night with six men, and she was coming near 80, and she doesn't come to the church here, but she saw that she needed to be baptized. And she stepped forth at 80 years of age and was baptized. And then was old Mrs. McMullen, and she was over 80. And Mrs. McMullen had a fear of water. But she said, I want to get baptized. And we had to link her out of the seat. And ladies had to take her and link her out of the seat to put her down into the tank. And she said to me, if I die, I die. But I'm going to be baptized tonight. Isn't that lovely? Have you not obeyed the Lord yet in the in the waters of baptism. Is that why you sit here every baptismal service and yet you're not baptized? Why tarriest thou that thou art not baptized? But I know, I know from my experience over the years why many people are not baptized. And it's because they haven't a testimony. There's some flaw in their life. And they know that if they go down into this tank, they're going to have to say, I love the Lord. I live for the Lord. And I, I love him with all my heart. And I'm going to serve him with all my heart. And I have been loving him. And I have been serving him with all my heart. There might be a wife in the meeting and she might lift her eyes a wee bit. There may be a husband in the meeting and he might say the wife and he might shake the head. There may be children in the meeting and their father's gone down into the tank. They would uh, whisper under their breath, hypocrite. Is that why you're not baptized? Is that why you're ashamed to go down into the waters and recognize and testify to the fact that Jesus Christ, who died on the cross, has saved me from my sin. No, I don't know. But I want to say to you, don't tarry too long. Because the longer you tarry, the harder it will get. And so you need to come. And you need to obey him. And you need to see some of us tonight and we will facilitate you to obey the command, to come the command of the Lord. Now, sinner, unsaved, and well you know, well you know as you sit in this meeting tonight, when you hear that testimony and you heard the singing, well you know in your heart, and you look around you and you see other people, well you know that you're not saved. And I love an honest person. The bin man was putting in stuff the other day, one day, I says to him, sir, are you saved? He says, I'm not. I says, you're an honest man. It's good to be honest. 
good not to hammer about and twinge about and twist about and tinker about when you're faced with a question. You know well. You know well tonight. If your sins are forgiven and you're saved and you're on your way to heaven. Don't tarry. What? Why tarriest thou? Now this word here, tarry, is a very interesting word. It has two meanings. It means, first of all, what are you waiting on? Why tarriest thou? What are you waiting on? Or what are you looking for? Let that sink into your mind tonight. What are you waiting on? And what are you looking for before you get saved? Hmm? What, what, are you, what are you waiting on before you get saved? In Luke's Gospel, chapter 8, after the disciples and the Lord Jesus came over from Gadara, from delivering the man from Gadara, it says when they came back over onto the other side, they were all waiting for him. They were all waiting for him. Tell me, have you come to this meeting tonight and you're waiting? You're waiting for him. Just him tonight. It's him you need tonight. Is that in your heart tonight? They were all waiting for him. Maybe you're waiting tonight for an audible voice. You'll never hear it. You'll never hear it down here because it's already been quoted tonight, by grace are ye saved through faith. Not of works. Not of speaking audible voice. You will not hear it. Not hear it here, but you will hear it one day. You'll hear it at the great white throne judgment, if you're not saved. And what you will hear that day is, depart from me, I never knew you. Well, you'll hear his voice then. For every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. You'll hear it then. The rich man in Luke's chapter says, in Luke 16, heard a voice from heaven. And that voice was when he says, I'm in torments in this place. Pray and get me out of this place. I'm in torment and my tongue is cleaving. I need thirst. I need water. I need drink. I'm in this awful place of torments. The word from heaven came, sir. There's a great God fixed. And there's no exits. And there's no way out. That's why we are so urgent in preaching the gospel. So urgent preaching the gospel because today is the accepted time. Come now, let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Isn't that wonderful tonight to think, sitting in your seat, a sinner for years and years and years, and if you've never sinned, from you were born, you were still a sinner. Born in sin and you're still on your way to hell if you never committed a sin. And there's not one of us can say that tonight. For we're all an unclean thing. And well we know it. 
this old nature of ours. And so, friends, you can be cleansed and transformed tonight as you sit in the seat by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and all the past sins can be washed away and you can have peace with God and assurance of heaven. That's the day of grace we're in. That's the gospel that I, and that's the gospel that we preach. No, you'll not hear an audible voice. Not at all. Come now, come unto me, all ye that labor and is heavy laden. The voice that you'll hear tonight is the voice of the preacher and the voice of the Spirit speaking through the hymns. And you'll hear that voice speaking into your soul. Today, come now. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Rest, rest. You need rest for your weary soul tonight. You need rest from the burden of sin that weighs you down every day. And when you go to bed at night and pull the clothes up around, you think, oh, if I were to die tonight, where would it be? It's an awful way to go to bed. An awful way. Ah, don't go to bed disobedient. Don't go to bed rebellious against Christ. Don't, don't be out of this world for one moment, my friend, for you might never wake up. Only in a lost hell, come to him, the only one that can save you. If you're waiting for an audible voice, you will not hear if you're waiting for a more suitable time, you'll not have it. You'll not have it. There's no more suitable time than now. Just now, just at this moment, because we can't or you can't guarantee me another hour. You can't even guarantee me if you get out of this house tonight. The brevity of life. You heard about it tonight. Go and crack on a bicycle, out into eternity. That cursed cancer that's robbing our families day after day. And this is serious. You need to get ready. You need to be sure that you've done business with God. Don't be waiting on a voice and don't be waiting on a more suitable time. We sing sometimes, I am coming, coming now to thee. Wash me, cleanse me in the blood that flows from Calvary. So what are you looking, what are you waiting for? And lastly, what are you looking for, or what are you looking at? What are you looking at tonight for your soul's salvation? I hope you're not looking at some church or denomination. I hope you're not looking to some priest or some pastor or some prelate or some communion or baptism or some something that was done in your life as a child, sprinkled with water. I hope you're not looking at those things to get you to heaven. There's only one where place you can look. Neither is there salvation in any other. There's no other name under heaven given amongst men whereby we must be saved. They shall call, they will call his name Jesus, who shall save their people from their sins. Any one of us that are saved and on our way to heaven tonight are saved through the precious blood of our Lord Jesus Christ because by faith one day we didn't really know much what we were doing, but we said, Lord God, that's what I said, Lord, I want something better in life.
something better in life than this. No, 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 don't, don't, don't be looking at any of those things. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in. Look away to him tonight. Look to the door. I am the door. By me. And there's a wee word in there. And John 10, by me, if. You always ring that wee word, if. By me, if. Any man enter in, he shall be saved. In by faith. Sitting there tonight. What a gospel. If. And if you don't, you'll not be saved. Don't be thinking of any other way. Don't be looking to anybody else. Don't be looking to anything else. I tell you, friend, you're going to see just as I close tonight, if there's any other way other than the cross, God would certainly have found it to set men and women free. But there wasn't another good enough to pay the price of sin. He only could unlock the gates of heaven to let us in. Whenever the Lord Jesus was eight days old, his mother and father took him to the temple to have him circumcised. In the temple was an old man the name of Simeon. And it says that Simeon waited, the servant of God, the old servant, it says he, he waited for the consolation of Israel and he looked for the consolation of Israel. In other words, that word consolation, he looked for something to comfort him, something to cheer him, something to encourage him, something to elate him, something to strengthen him. That word, that word there is, uh, that, word, that, word, that, that word there, consolation, is the word paraclete, the same word for the Spirit that comes alongside to help. Here's an old man and he's waiting. And here's an old man and he's looking. He's looking for something to encourage him, something to help him, something to strengthen him, something to give him peace. Because he did say, thy servant now shall depart in peace. Are you looking for peace tonight? Peace, peace, perfect peace in this world of sin. The blood of Jesus whispers peace within. Justified through faith we have peace with God, just faith, that peace will come. That turmoil in your mind, my friend, he can give a peace that passeth all understanding. Boy, I'll tell you, the Mitchell family knew something of that. And we all know something about that peace that passeth all understanding in that hour of crisis, an hour of turmoil, an hour of sickness, with the family and with the health. Oh, that peace way down deep in our heart. It's wonderful to experience his peace. He says, my peace I give unto you, not as the world gives. The world can't give you peace tonight. The most unsettled, most ungodly world we ever lived in. No peace, says Jehovah, to the wicked. So lastly, let me say this. Where are you going to look? Don't look at these things. Now, the first place you need to look, as I close tonight, you need to look in. And you need to look in and you need to recognize that you are a sinner. Now, have you done that tonight? Because you'll never be saved. 
David says, I acknowledge my sins and my transgressions are ever before me. If you don't acknowledge tonight that you're a sinner, you can't get saved. But if you do acknowledge that you're a sinner tonight, you need to do something about it. I acknowledge my sin. Do you acknowledge your sin tonight? Look in and see. You know, Isaiah describes us. From the, from the sole of the foot to the head is full of wounds and bruises and putrefying sores and all our righteousness are as filthy rags. Oh, God help us, what a state. And if we look in tonight and realize that we have a heart that is sinful and we cannot do anything about it nor nobody else can do anything about it, there's only one place to go. And that's to Christ. Look in. Look in and realize that you're a sinner. And then look up. In Isaiah, God says, Look unto me, all ye ends of the earth, for I am God and there is none else. You know, in that wee verse, we have the deity. God's the deity. God says, Look unto me, that's God. Look unto me and be ye saved, that's the Son. God says, look away to him, the eternal creator. Look away to him. Look unto me, all the ends of the earth. Any man, any woman, any child, rich or poor, Catholic or Protestant, black or white, look, look unto me and be ye saved. All the ends of the earth. For I am God and there is none else. There is nobody else can do it. You look in and see that you're a sinner. Look up and see that there's a Savior. And I want you in closing just to come with me in mind's eye and look at one place tonight and I want you to gaze upon it by faith. And that's the cross of Calvary. Old Isaac Watts penned that words when I survey the wondrous cross on which the Prince of Glory died. Now that word survey is a very, is a very deep word. It means not just to pass a passing glance or a passing glimpse. And that's all we do sometimes. We don't study, we don't meditate, we don't gaze upon. He says, when I survey... I want you to survey the cross with me just now as I close this meeting tonight. Survey that wondrous cross on Calvary's hill. I want you to survey it very carefully with me tonight. And I want you to come round the back of it first of all. And when you come round the back of the cross first of all, you see the back of the Lord and the back of the two thieves. And as you gaze upon his back, and as him we're looking at tonight, we're not looking at the size of the cross or the color of the cross or the length of the cross or the people around the cross or the thieves on the cross. We're looking at him. He's the only one worth looking at. And when you look at his back and what part of his back you can see, you can see the bones sticking out. You can see his back lashed and lashed and lashed. You can see the blood oozing out and bones falling, bits of bones falling out. He was, he was whipped at Gabbatha. Let me tell you something about Gabbatha. 
They stripped them naked. And when you see a vestment of the Savior with something around them on an idol or in a house or anywhere else, it's a lie. Part of the shame was the stripping. Bearing shame and scoffing rude, in my place condemned he stood. We're talking about the Creator now. We're talking about the Son of God. We're talking about him stripped naked on the cross at Calvary. In Gabbatha, they stripped them naked. They put a chain round their neck and they arched their back and, and plugged the chain to a large stone. And the scourge bastard came round. There were two of them and they had a scourge. And from that scourge, there was bits of iron and bits of bone and bits of metal. And they swung it round and round and round in the air. And they brought it down at the back of the neck and they trailed it right down the back and every time it took lumps out. And when that boy had that done, that time the other boy was swinging it in the air in the meantime and he came down. That's my saviour. That's the one you refuse to go into the tank for. That's the one you say tonight, I'll not have this man to rule over me. God help you. That's the Saviour. And they went on at that and on at that to say that many men died even in the slogging. And they trailed it down his back. You see his back, the scripture says, was like a ploughed field. Then come round the side and gaze upon the side. And as you stand gazing upon the side, you'll see a rough Roman soldier cheering and laughing and mocking at his nakedness. You'll see a Roman soldier coming round with a spear and he'll gouge it up, gouge it up into his side, right up into his heart, and there came blood and water out, my Saviour. I tell you, to some wound. And yet he opened not his mouth. And one thought he could have blasted them all into hell. But he did it for you and for me. And then I want you to come round, round the front, and I want you to gaze upon his lovely face. You wouldn't recognize him. Because whenever Pilate brought him in before, and that morning at the judgment when Pilate brought him in, he said to the people, Behold the man. Why did he say that? Because he was no more like a man. His face was one mass, one pulp, a pulp. And, and you gaze upon him on the cross, and his eyes are languishing, his breast is heaving. And the tongue is cleaving to the roof of his mouth. And the crown of thorns is hammered down on his brow. And spittle and blood flows down. My Saviour, blessed be his name. Methinks if I was there. If I were to be there, I'd have run over. I'd have faced some of that boys. But he would have rebuked me. I must go the way of the cross. I must stay here because one day a drunken sinner like Bertie Judge 
the drug addict like David Riddle and thousands of others, millions of others, I must stay there that I can give them life, an abundant life, and sins forgiven, for they're justified only through the blood that's spilling down the cross just now. Oh, gaze upon his lovely face. That visage marred more than any man. You know why it was his visage? You wouldn't make his face out. Well, they tied the cross on his shoulder. That's what they did. And they whipped their back as he drove along, hammered them along the Via della Rosa, and every time he stumbled, that's why Joseph of Arimathea had to be called in to take the cross. He was falling, he fell with his hands tied, and he fell, his face hit the ground. That lovely face. The altogether lovely one. The one you say, I'll not go into the tank. The one you say, I want to live my own life. And when you say, I'm not going to get saved tonight, we can do no more for you. Oh, see him hanging there, my lovely Savior, bearing my sins in his own body upon the tree. He was a man. Behold the man, Christ Jesus. He was a man who lived like no other man. He was wholly harmless, undefiled, and separate from sinners. He was a man who loved like no other man. Greater love has no man than this, than a man lay down his life for his friend. He was a man who laid like no other man. He never marshaled an army. He never drafted a soldier. He never fired a gun. And he has more people under his command tonight than all the generals in the world. Herod couldn't kill him. Satan couldn't seduce him. Death couldn't destroy him. The grave couldn't hold him. He's the eternal son the Alpha and the Omega. My friend, not only, listen as I close tonight, not only no man ever lived like this, no man ever loved like this, no man ever led like this, and no man ever lasted like this. He's the eternal son. Hallelujah. He's alive forevermore. Blessed be his lovely name tonight. Blessed be his name. 10,000 charms around him shine. But best of all, first of all, most of all, and last of all, I know he's mine. He's mine. How can it be? What a text that, that Brother Alan read. How, how is it that I can find grace in thy sight? I used to curse the preacher. Oh, tis love, tis wondrous love. The love of God to me that brought my Savior from above to die on Calvary. Will you come tonight? Step forward tonight. 
We'll be here. We'll help you. Don't go home without him. Say, Lord, you don't know a lot for me. Was it for me? Yes, all for me. There wasn't another one he'd have died for me. Glory to his lovely name. But that doesn't end at all, for they put him down into a tomb, but the third day he arose. He lives. He lives. And he lives within my heart tonight. What a bargain I'm offering you tonight. What a bargain. Sins forgiven, peace with God, assurance of heaven. Peace in your heart. Let us pray. Lord, we can't, we can't understand it. But we know it. And believe it. And now we feel it. Glory to God. Forgive us, Lord, for making little of the cross. Father, if there's any other way, if there's any iota of hope of redeeming mankind, you wouldn't have given your only beloved son to such a slaying and slaughtering match Calvary. Thank you, Father. Thank you for saving me. Let everyone that's in this meeting tonight that is saved, thank God. For the blood, the blood, the blood, the blood of Jesus that cleanses us from all sin. Oh, Father, tonight we pray that the arms of love will go round some woman, some man, some boy, some girl tonight. And they'll say, this is it now tonight. I want Alan's Saviour. I want the Saviour who died and has invited me to come. And I'm coming, coming now to thee. Wash me, cleanse me in the blood that flows from Calvary.